but we're here to to be a guide to help organizations make better decisions. We help partners focus on what's core to them and how they can utilize their partnerships to help them achieve their company goals. Welcome to the Ultimate Guide to Partnering. In this podcast, Vince Menzione, a proven industry sales and partner executive, brings together technology leaders in this forum to discuss transformational trends and to deconstruct successful strategies to thrive and survive in the rapid age of cloud transformation. And now your host, Vince Menzione. Welcome to, or welcome back to the Ultimate Guide to Partnering, where technology leaders come to optimize results through successful partnering. I'm Vince Menzione, your host, and my mission is to help leaders like you achieve your greatest business results by unlocking the leadership principles, best practices, and learnings of the best in the business to help you get partnerships right, optimize for success, and deliver results during this time of intense transformation. If you're a technology organization looking to optimize your success with the leading cloud providers, you're not going to want to miss this episode, as I'm delighted to welcome a woman that I've known for several years and with whom I've partnered to deliver transformation to several best-in-class partner organizations, Erin Feiger, the CEO and founder of Core Consulting. Erin's mission is to help you get your best results through a proven framework. And I first met Erin while I was still at Microsoft, and she was helping a partner get it right with the tech giant. Since I founded Ultimate Partnerships, we've teamed up on several client engagements and workshops. In this episode, Erin will share her principles and unique total impact formula, how she helps organizations optimize to get more from Core, the unique managed services offering her company has built, and her journey as a successful woman entrepreneur. If you listen through the episode, you'll learn more about an exciting offering Erin and I have for you, our listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed spending time with Erin Feiger. Erin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Vince, for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. I'm curious to see what questions you have and where the conversation will go. So to set the stage for our conversation, I asked Erin to share the mission and value of CORE. CORE is here to help partners have the best experience co-selling with Microsoft, AWS, or Google. We started with Microsoft because they were first programmatizing co-selling. And over the past couple of years now, AWS and Google have put together a programized approach to co-selling with them. But we're here to to be a guide, to help organizations make better decisions. We help partners focus on what's core to them and how they can utilize their partnerships to help them achieve their company goals. Our values is to be helpful, to be curious, to be vulnerable, and to be authentic in our approach to being that guide. We want our partners at the end of the day to say they made better decisions because they were working with Core. I asked Erin how she differentiates Core. And you know, you and I got to know each other several years ago while I was still at Microsoft, and you had just started Core and started working with some some emerging partners. You know, you've built a very successful business over the last several years. What separates Core from others out there? We want to really understand our partners and what's motivating 
them to want to co-sell and what they're trying to really achieve and how their partnership with Microsoft, AWS, and Google can help them and how we can help then build a co-sell operational process to help you deliver on that intention. We're not just moving data around and we're not just going through the actions and the motions to go through them, but we believe that data tells a story. We want to understand what that data is saying, who needs to hear it, and what you need to do next with that information. And how can that information help you make better decisions, help you build a better relationship? What are you going to go do next with that? Go be more strategic. Go make a bigger difference. And the way we do that is we take some very time-consuming things off of your plate so that you can focus on that relationship building. I asked Erin to share her perspective on the time we've been living through since the pandemic. I think it's, what, 14 or 15 months now since the pandemic and this rapid transformation we've both been seeing. The biggest change was not going to the conferences, not getting a chance to do the in-person relationship building. You sometimes take for granted how impactful the in-person relationship building moments can be. I asked Erin to share what trends she's been seeing in co-selling. With this time that we've seen, and this acceleration, I've heard it described as seven years of transformation in one year. What trends do you believe will propel or accelerate partners? In my world of co-sell, which is a broader umbrella of experiences, it's not just this sales rep to sales rep co-selling. There is a broader definition of co-sell, and there are multiple types of co-selling experiences from co-selling in the marketplace. You've decided to co-build with a hyperscaler. You're putting it out into the marketplace to co-sell it in that you're promoting it and selling it in that hyperscaler's marketplace and transacting it there. That is one definition of co-sell. There is the definition of co-sell where we're connecting and doing relationship selling, which is what we've been doing over the last couple of years around co-sell. I have an opportunity or I have a customer and I want to connect with that hyperscaler's field sales team, I share the opportunity so that I can connect. And how do we connect two people together or two teams together? We'll see a trend. We already know there's organizations out there, there's analysts out there that have said, we're going to see a huge shift in companies purchasing through the commercial marketplace and that their budget is going to go there. A couple of years ago, you would meet a startup and they say, well, we're cloud native. We're born in the cloud. I built my software to run in the cloud versus an EMC or a NetApp or an IBM who built their products to be on-prem. And then they were having to convert and try and get their products to be able to run in the cloud. We're going to see a wave of software companies going, we're marketplace native. We're built to be purchased, to be provisioned, and to be deployed from the marketplace. And the on-prem and the cloud natives companies are all now trying to convert their products and make their products be able to also transact and buy our products. But then there's going to be the actual provision deploy and truly be able to have metering software, which is much different than the bring your own license, the perpetual license. Now it's metering software. I still think that there's a need for co-selling and it just will evolve. We're still going to need to prove out the concept of that technology. You're still going to need 
guides to help you implement the software technologies you buy, software companies are going to need to architect their products to be able to not just transact, but to truly provision, deploy, and have that metering capability around their software. I have had Jay McBain on the podcast, and we've Uh discussed how the five people in the room help shape the decision process, right? So you're still going to have partners coming together to solve for the customer, whether they be influencers, whether they be implementers, whether they be point solutions that connect and solve a whole solution or a whole problem for a client. Yeah. And I think sellers in every company are going to need to maybe change some of their talk track with their customer. Well, how would you like to license this deal? I think we go back to talking about licensing a little bit. How would you like to purchase this and then help them procure? And is that technology able to be purchased that way? We're starting to use CoSal as a way to help sales reps talk internally in their company about, hey, have you asked the customer what's the best way to purchase this product? How would they like to purchase it? Where's the budget coming from? Because that can change. Now I need to make sure I bring in my AWS person or my Microsoft person. We're going to be talking about transacting in the marketplace or wanting to deploy this in one of the clouds. And what's the best way to architect that deal? We're going to have to have a more holistic conversation with customers. So a shift in the co-selling roles, right? When you bring in those five people, who are those five people? And some of that's going to be dependent on how the customer wants to procure the product at the end of the day. I think we're all seeing it start to evolve. Aaron and I dive into one of the core principles of Ultimate Partnerships, delivering results, and the total impact formula. You know, we talk about this rubber meets the road in partnering, right? You and I talk about a set of principles and operating model around successful partnering. And you've built a really unique framework, the total impact formula. It helps organizations to get more from their partnerships. And I think our listeners would really get value out of learning more about that total impact formula. I start every workshop with the total impact formula because I think it's really important to understand when you're trying to build a partnership with AWS or Microsoft or Google, you need to understand how you, the partner, will show up and how you drive impact to that hyperscaler. You know, the total impact formula is about understanding how you get on their radar. When you understand how you light up your radar with them and you kind of create that megaphone to say like, this is who we are and this is where we're doing business, that megaphone will help you build your brand awareness internally to and through that alliance partner. And then you'll have this platform to then be able to go do more strategic things with. Every hyperscaler, the community, the ecosystem is so large. They need data to help them make decisions on which partners to invest in, where to invest, how to invest, what type of resources. You know, investment comes in all shapes and sizes. It's not just money, but it's people and it's different types of marketing support. They use that data to help them make better decisions. And we want to help partners understand how they can best light up that scorecard. And it's always fascinating to do that exercise with partners because there's lots of aha moments. And sometimes we've even had like the Alliance person in the room, a Microsoft or an AWS, and they always say, huh, 
I learned something from this and I've worked here for 10 years or I've been doing, you know, I've been helping partners for X amount of years and I've never connected all of the dots that way. And I think once you understand that, it'll help you set your intention of how you're going to go build your partnership strategy, your co-sell strategy overall. You know, I've seen those moments, by the way, those aha moments. And I, I, I like to say, moments. I love your aha moments. And I do say that you have the Dakota ring. You get it. You, you know you. intuitively what a lot of people within the four walls of the building don't know. I think part of that is I went to college. I got two degrees, one in business and one in education. And I always thought I would be a teacher. And I think when I retire from from this industry, I probably will go into the higher academic community and hopefully be a professor and get back to teaching. But I think all along my journey, I've always put myself in a role of teaching and trying to help people. What they taught us as teachers is to take something, break it down, and build it back up again. And in order to do that, you have to connect the dots. And you also have to Think about there are multiple ways of learning that information and you keep having to tweak the way you deliver that message or the way you teach that based on the person and and is that person grasping what you're saying. So you've got to have multiple ways of connecting the dots. I so value that experience in college that they were able to teach me how to look at something big, break it down and build it back up and help others achieve that bigger concept. Yeah, and delivered in different modalities, I guess is what I would say. Right. It's like we have a proven methodology and we have a co-sell framework, but every time we help a partner, we customize that to meet the partner's needs based on their people, their resources, where they're at, what they're trying to achieve in their organization, the maturity. There's so many other elements that go into it that there is part of it that's rinse and repeat, And part of it that gets built specific to the partner and how to meet their needs. I asked Erin to share more about her exciting new managed services offering, Core Plus. And you've evolved your offering now, and you now have a managed services offering. Yes, it's crazy. (laughs) I want to hear more about this because, you know, we talk talk about the data quite a bit. And I think this kind of ties into that conversation. Can you share that with our listeners? There's a balance between technology and people. And in this COSAL methodology that we've created, I'm constantly looking and it's an always evolving thing. And so while we have a methodology, which is how do we continue to balance technology and humans in this process of delivering this COSAL experience, 18 months ago, Microsoft announced that they were changing their platforms and they were moving from Partner Sales Connect to Partner Center. They were going to be using an API. Finally, we were getting to a point in our business where we were getting critical mass in our customers, partners that we were supporting, and our partners were wanting us to help them across the top three cloud providers in their co sell experience. We were collecting all of this really great information and then having to like manually do these dashboards and analysis. We decided during the pandemic that we were going to build a software platform. And we were going to build the API once and share it with all of our partners. And as we built this API in order to optimize the COSAL process, we also were going to create all of these dashboards and analytics around it 
so that we could provide better visibility into what's going on in COSEL and how can we use this data to make better decisions. Are we connecting at the right time? Are we connecting with the right people? Where is the concentration of our business around? Is it around the healthcare sector? Are we doing a lot of net new business over in financial services? When we put all the data into one central place, we're able to then take all of that data and start to slice and dice it depending on what's important to you and what do you need? What type of data do you need to help you make better decisions? We're using technology and we're still figuring out those intersection points in the COSAL experience where it makes sense to have human involvement and human interaction because that makes the experience that much better. What was really cool is we built it to operationalize our business and to help our partners with the same challenge, which was how do we get our pipeline at scale into Microsoft's new tools. So building the API once and sharing it with everyone. But as we started showing it to our partners, they want to start using it. So now we're taking the same concept and say, okay, how do we balance the joint COSAL experience of what will core do and what will the partner do alongside of what the technology does and what people do. So now we're going to start to balance with our offering. It's a managed service offering. It's a SaaS platform delivered as a managed service. What's so exciting is that as we show it to partners, they're like, well, we want to use it and we want to actually be more involved. I started Core in thinking that I could help teach partners how to fish versus fish for them. Over the last five years, I've really been fishing for them. And I think our platform and this new way of jointly supporting and jointly delivering a COSAL experience with the partner is now starting to get the partner to do more of the fishing. I've kind of changed it instead of saying, I want people to learn how to fish. I actually want to fish alongside of you. Let's fish together. Let's fish together. Because we're better. Like, right. We can do that. Like, I always yeah. tell partners, like, you can do this on your own or we could do it faster and better together. And I love where the future is going to go with this. We're going to talk about that on another episode because I do <laughs> think that this, this becomes an enabler to so much more of the technology we've been talking about. And we've had some other guests on this podcast that have talked about other technologies that help organizations more effectively co-sell. Well, and what we've, what we've seen is that the alliance team inside of an organization is sometimes treated like the redheaded stepchild. Their CRM system is meant to deliver on their sales methodology. The alliance team has their own alliance sales methodology and they have different data and they interact with different players. When you said there's five people in the room, they bring some of those players into the room. We actually want to stand up and in parallel to a partner CRM system, run an alliance CRM system. And we want to bring in the pertinent information around your sales CRM. These are the opportunities from our, our sales pipeline where we believe involving the cloud provider will help us either accelerate the sales cycle, increase our close rate, or bring down our cost of business. So we take that pipeline and we share it with that cloud provider. Then I need to manage that COSAL experience. And I need to collect different data along the way to help me make better decisions, how I'm co-selling and how I'm partnering and how I'm utilizing my partnership to help us achieve those goals. And asking the organization's sales ops team, oh, can you integrate this? Can you do this? Can you do that? We're way down on the totem pole 
of those project lists. And it could be for some partners, even in just like, I need the API to get my deals to be shared with Microsoft or with AWS. Okay, that's cool. We can get to that in two years. So we don't have two years. You know, time is our villain. And so, okay, we're going to create this platform, one, to operationalize our business. And two, now we're going to give alliance teams an alliance CRM system that they can pull over the necessary information from their CRM system. They can pull in the information from that cloud provider's system. And now they have one world to live in to manage that co-style business, that alliance pipeline that they're trying to help make a positive impact in their organization. And now the Alliance team has a place to live in. And when they say, hey, we need to manage our business this way. Can you do this field? Can you add this field? Yeah, sure. No problem. We're using Microsoft Dynamics. We can architect and design this however you want. It's a white canvas, which is why we chose Dynamics, because we wanted to architect and craft the best experience for the Alliance partner What you said so resonates with me, having been in both in the Microsoft shoes and then in the channel chief shoes and being down that list two years in terms of getting changes to that CRM solution. So this really resonates. It's so painful. It's so deflating sometimes. I want to do this. And if I only had this thing inside of my my CRM system, I could better manage my alliance partnership or better manage my alliance business. We're going to go help partners. Aaron and I have some exciting news to share with you. We've been doing some great work together. We mentioned the workshops. We've been doing several workshops, helping a lot of, I would say, some of the best of the best get better. What we hear often is, I wish I had more Vince's and Aaron's out there helping us. And we've had different individuals come to us and say, okay, how do we take what you're doing and scale it? We need to get it out there to more partners, to more people. And your podcast is one way to get really great content out there and helping partners think differently, change their mindset. I love the ultimate guide to partnering and that you're trying to help partners really change their mindset. And the podcast is reinforcing that principle and that mindset philosophy. And what we're going to go do next together in this idea of how do we scale the Aaron and Vince workshops is we're going to start doing some webinars and start taking some of these things in bite size and breaking them down and actually making some of the webinars really hands-on to bring some of this into more actionable things that partners can really start to roll up their sleeves and do. I'm excited. I am so excited by it. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll post something on LinkedIn. You know, you'll have to, you'll have to join our community on LinkedIn. And then in this LinkedIn community, we'll post the different webinars, the topics, and we'd love to hear from the partner community on topics they'd like to dig into. Even down to, I've been talking to partners about their philosophy around how they list things in the commercial marketplace. Just a great topic area. Yeah. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Taking some of those best practices and like, how could you apply that in your organization? So stay tuned. In the days ahead, we'll be announcing more information on LinkedIn. You know, we are going to shift gears here, though, because as you know from (laughs) listening to other episodes, I am fascinated with how leaders got to this spot in their career. 
And, you know, we talked a little bit about your journey, but let's peel back more on how you got here. Like what propelled you? Was there a pivot point? Like what got you on the path to start CORE? I'd helped my last company that I worked for redefine what they were going to be in the business of doing. So they were a pure consulting firm and had a project to look at a specific technology that they had built. And at the end of the project, I said, hey, I think you guys should pivot your company. And instead of being 100% consulting, I think you should become a software company. And I think you should take this thing and you should figure out how to make this a, a software product. And I presented it to the board and the leadership team and, and everybody loved the idea. And then a couple of weeks later, I go out to lunch with the CEO and he's like, so we love your idea. I'm like, that's so great. Really excited to start to work on bringing a software product to market. I wanted to brand it and how do we bring it to market? And I was so excited. He's like, but we're going to need your salary in order to go hire some engineers to go further build out the product. And I was like, oh, and I got let go from my company. I was very passionate about this idea and very excited to help them evolve and take it to market. And then it was just the rug pulled out from underneath me. I was fortunate enough to be able to take some time off and really think about what my past jobs I've had. And they've all, they were all jobs to me. I worked in this company for three years and I noticed I had about a, every three years. I would leave a company and I'd go work at a different company. Why was I leaving every three years? And what I realized was I really love helping people. I always put myself in a role of helping and teaching. That's like just a core of who I am. It's in my fabric. But I was helping only one company. So I decided I was going to start my own company and help partners better operationalize and better utilize all the really great Microsoft programs and tools that are out there that they give to partners. So it wasn't satisfying enough to just help one company. When I took the thing I loved doing, which was learning something and then helping other people learn how to do that, I created Core so that I could start helping more partners better utilize the Microsoft programs and tools that were out there and have a better experience with being a Microsoft partner and inside of the Microsoft programs and tools and platforms. A couple years into doing that, Microsoft pivoted and started to formalize supporting ISVs, independent software vendors, as a partner ecosystem inside of Microsoft. So I was working with a partner that was a startup out of Boston, and we really helped them operationalize their partnership. And that's the beginning of COSAL when Microsoft announced COSAL. And the success with that startup around COSAL, then we went and did it with two other partners. And after doing it with three, I was like, huh, okay, we have a repeatable process here. I then started to really come up with the methodology and the framework and started hiring team members to help me implement this COSAL strategy for more Microsoft ISV partners. My mindset is different. It's not a job. I'm very passionate about this. I love it because every day I wake up and I'm helping partners have a better experience. And it shows. Was there one best piece of advice that you received during that time? I think it was to just stay true to yourself and really digging into knowing what drives me, 
what is that motivation? If you love something, it's a hobby. Like, can you turn that hobby into something that can make you money? And in a way, I took my hobby of wanting to help people and I figured out a way to turn it into a job. More than just a job, now it's a career and it's something I'm very passionate about doing. But I'm also helping my team. When I look back at the seven people who work for me, three of them were stay-at-home moms that wanted to get back into the workforce. And why I started CORE was I didn't want to leave the workforce. I wanted to stay in the workforce, but I wanted to do something meaningful. I didn't want to just work and go through the motions. I was going to do something meaningful and have a meaningful impact. And so it's really rewarding now that this business I've created is actually helping people come back into like women come back into the workforce. Everybody on my team, but one person is completely green. They've either never worked in tech. They've never worked in the Microsoft ecosystem or AWS ecosystem or Google ecosystem. Some of them are stay-at-home moms. I have one person who hasn't finished their college degree. And so it's so rewarding to be able to help people do something meaningful, give them a source of income that's then also providing a different experience for their families. It all goes back to experiences. And this experience is helping other people change the experience they're having in their life, in their family, their ability to give their family different experiences because now they have this source of income and they're working again. You're helping your partners, but you're also helping them, enabling them with new skills, up-leveling their skills, giving them new opportunities to grow you know, the technology sector and to grow from there. It's so overwhelmingly fulfilling to see it happening in all aspects of my life. I love that. So I have a question that I'm going <laughs> to okay. have a little fun. We're going to have a little fun. All here. right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, just recently saw Tom Hanks and cast away again after many years. <laughs> and, you know, so I was thinking like, Wilson. you know, <laughs> yes. So if, you know, Wilson, you're stuck on an island, maybe Wilson's there, maybe he's not. You could only take five songs along with you on your playlist. Oh my gosh. And these are the only five songs you're going to have the opportunity to listen to day in, day out, every day for the foreseeable future. Which songs would you select and why would you select them? Oh, five songs. That's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard. (laughs) Because I'm not like, I'm just not like a diehard anything. Like I don't follow one team, one sport. I don't have like an absolute favorite actor. Uh, So picking like five songs, like I could do genres of music, but five songs. Well, the first one that I think of when I did my brand distinction workshop with the talented ladies over at Periveda, um, they asked me, if your brand were a song, you would be, and then I wrote, Lean On Me. So Lean On, on wow. yeah, Lean On Me by Bill Withers. Wow, that's a great Because it's a song about helping. And when you think about CORE's first value, it's be helpful. We're, you know, if I'm going to spend my time doing something... I want to spend my time helping. So Lean On Me is my first song. I have always been moved by Amazing Grace. Any version Mm. doesn't matter. I like uh, Judy Collins' version. Yeah. And she recorded it like in the 60s. It's kind of like she was anti the Vietnam War and anti-war and and stuff. I listened to that version, in fact. I love Judy uh, Collins. 
I just, that song is just so powerful. And the message is about hope and redemption and forgiveness, being lost, but now I'm found. And that just strikes a chord with me as a human. You know, we're all trying to figure out, we come into this world and we're a little lost in this world and we're all trying to figure out our purpose and what is the impact I'm supposed to be having during this time and being lost. And then at some point, being found. You've, you've figured out like your, your why and what you're, you're supposed to be doing. So I just, I love that song. And it always gives me goosebumps immediately every time I hear it. Yeah. Same here. Okay. So really quickly, three more songs. Hey Jude. I love the Beatles. Some big Beatles fan. I love the song. Hey Jude. I think it's also, it's a song about encouragement. You know, you're yes. going to take a sad song and make it better. I love Mercedes Benz by Janis Joplin. I'm a big Janis Joplin fan. I like Mercedes Benz because it speaks about, you know, happiness and self-worth doesn't come from money and material possessions. It's about something more. And to me, it's about happiness is about experiences and moments and the relationships you have in your life. I God, those are the first four that come to top of mind. And like the fifth one I just can't think of. I can think of artists like I love Train, I love Dixie Chicks. I love Dolly Parton. I'm, I love country music. I love Green Day and Alanis Morissette. I can't pick the last one. I can't. I can't do it. We'll just give you a playlist for that last okay. one. We'll come back. We're going to use that for the next episode. How's that? Okay. Okay. I'll come back with my fifth song. I can't Absolutely. And I'll have another great question to ask you on the next podcast. We are oh, going to no. do a reprise. So we're going to have a, this is going to be the first of many podcasts. Another one that's going to stump me. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Aaron, you I have can't wait been. to hear what your five songs are. <laughs> I haven't come up with my list. But oh, you, okay. <laughs> but I do love. I love all four of those. By the yeah. way, I was. I would have picked me and my Bobby McGee on. Uh, ah, I yeah. love that. I love that. It's song. a great song. Yeah, that's a great song. That would have yeah. been on there for sure, and definitely a Beatles song. It certainly would be a Beatles yeah. song on that list for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so so maybe my fifth song. I think just with it being the time of year, I'd be like, pour me another drink. I think it's like. Uh, whiskey glasses it's a country song oh it's yeah it's about like yeah, yeah. pour me another drink i'm like yeah it's at the hard. end at the end of the day at the end of the week at the end of microsoft's q4 i'm like pour me another one and we are right at the end of microsoft's q4 so with that i want to thank you aaron you have been such an amazing guest i was so delighted to finally have you here on ultimate guide to partnering my wife even said to me when are you going to have aaron on the podcast right i mean <laughs> So excited to have you, so excited for our partnership and the work that you do to help partnerships really get more from their relationships to accelerate success, to drive the res needed results that they need to drive. So thank you for joining. Thank you for partnering with me. I think people cross our paths for a reason. I'm so thankful our paths have crossed. And now is the moment where we've actually come together to deliver on a common set of principles and we have a common mindset. And it's, I think, rare to find that. I'm excited to see what the future holds. So excited for what's next. Thanks yes. again. Thank you. As with each of my episodes, I appreciate your support. Please subscribe on your favorite platform, like, comment, tell your friends about Ultimate Guide to Partnering and where they can find us. And I'd love your feedback. Please like the podcast and provide comments or reach out to me at Vince Menzion on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
You can also like and follow Ultimate Guide to Partnering on our Facebook page or drop me a line at vincem at ultimate-partnerships.com. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Ultimate Partnerships. Ultimate Partnerships helps you get the most results from your partnerships. Get partnerships right, optimize for success, deliver results. For more information, go to ultimate-partnerships.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Ultimate Guide to Partnering with your host, Vince Minzione. Online at ultimateguidetopartnering.com and facebook.com slash ultimateguidetopartnering. We'll catch you next time on The Ultimate Guide to Partnering.